Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 20 of the Small Scale Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Tom. This podcast is dedicated to developing a sustainable small-scale life through healthy living, gardening, frugal living, and having adventures along the way. Our motto here at Small Scale Life is to learn, do, and grow, and that's my wish for all of you. I want you to learn from my mistakes and successes, and I want you to try some of these crazy experiments and things we're trying here, and that way we can learn and grow together. The reason I'm going over that is we've launched a new a new platform for Small Scale Life, and that's over on Stitcher, so stitcher.com. Uh, we have a new hosting media there, and so all of the podcasts are uploaded on Stitcher, and you can find that at stitcher.com slash podcast slash life, and uh, everything is there. All of the help episodes, all of the Small Scale Life podcasts, Small Scale Life podcasts are there, so I'm pretty excited about that, hoping to uh, get some new listeners, some new followers, and uh, if you're from Stitcher or you're on Stitcher today, welcome. We appreciate you, and uh, we're looking to grow that platform as we continue to grow the blog and grow these podcasts and have some more fun while we're doing it. So yeah, we've got experiments, we've got all kinds of stuff going on, and we're happy you all are here. Small Scale Life is a weekly podcast. I also do another podca- podcast called the Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, the Help Podcast. Um, I was doing that with my friend uh, Drew Sample, and Drew is on sabbatical at the moment, so we're just uh, we're just kind of going to dial back the Help Podcast, and we're just going to focus on small scale life at the moment. So that's kind of what's going on. That's the latest development since I recorded and published the Help episode eight last week. So. That's kind of what's going on. We're just going to focus on small-scale life for the time being and continue to produce these shows. We're approaching the one-year anniversary of the Small Scale Life podcast, and that'll be on January 1. So uh, I'm going to have my good man, Jay, who started off this adventure with me. He'll be on the show, and we'll uh, we'll do that podcast uh, and have that up for you right on the birthday of the Small Scale Life podcast. Um, Small Scale Life blog, uh, I talked about that in in detail in episode 19, the happy birthday, small scale life blog podcast. I talked about core principles and what we're trying to do here. Um, had a really great week uh, for my job. Um, I actually went and did a presentation at a, a nice little company in Delano, Minnesota. Uh, I won't name them here, uh, just uh, but really nice folks, just great people, great, great employees. And they had a really nice program there where they were talking about their safety and wellness program. And I, it occurred to me that small-scale life is really about wellness. As I talk about healthy living, you know, getting healthy, get, losing weight, getting stronger, uh, gardening and frugal living and having some adventures, that's exactly what this company was doing in their wellness program. They, they were encouraging their employees to work out and stay active, uh, even though they – they were going for sitting for hours and hours and hours, and then they even set up a garden plot for um, at a, at the owner's property. They had uh, several acres, and they set up uh, a nice garden plot for all the employees, and would grow some really, really nice uh, produce for 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 the families and for the for the for the employees. So, really cool. It just really kind of drove home that what I'm doing, some of these companies are doing too. So. Hmm, there's there's something to it, you know, but it really got me excited. I'm hoping to have um, those folks on a podcast in 2017. So I'll be talking to them and if nothing else, maybe uh, 
maybe uh, have an article about about what they're doing and what they're trying to do. So that was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a really good experience. Well, folks, this is another Just Tom show. I think I'm going to take December and I'm just going to do these little um, uh, Just Tom shows, talk about topics. Um, We've got Christmas coming up and people are busy with their holiday plans and everything. So I'm just going to be just going to be me talking. So hopefully it doesn't annoy you too much. I kind of like it. It's good practice for me for speaking and and just having a conversation with you. And you get to know me a little bit, too, instead of uh, throwing continual guests at you. And, um, it's good to have, uh, you know, build that relationship. We're just having a cup, uh, conversation. So it's good. It's real good. But, uh, if you have been living in the twin cities or up in the North, you have experienced winter, uh, the first real dose of winter. We've had a mild fall here. I mean, we really didn't get much of a frost in November in the Twin Cities area. Outstate, they did. Uh, but it has been a mild fall. And we got nailed um, on Saturday night. We got nailed with snow. We got about six inches of snow. It was our first big snowfall. We've got some dustings here and there. But this was a good six-inch snowfall. It it came down. It uh, really bogged up all the streets and and the first snowfall here up in the upper midwest it it generates a lot of traffic accidents and a lot of uh, a lot of disasters and uh, i was i went to a friend's house and uh in north of of the twin cities and uh unfortunately my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were going south they were going to a um a suburb uh, south of Minneapolis, and they got a few miles away from my house here in St. Louis Park, and they got in a car crash. So um, that was pretty. That was pretty bad. I mean, their their cars is probably totaled. I don't know. I'm not an insurance person, but it was pretty bad. Uh, fortunately, they're okay. Uh, but the car was in pretty bad shape. Unfortunately, the person um, that was involved in the crash drove away. So they just left the scene. How do you do that? You just, you get in a crash and then you leave the scene. I don't get it. So they, um, their car was, was in pretty bad shape, but the person, uh, that was also involved, I guess they were, uh, their car was good enough to drive away. I don't get it. Um, but you know, it's one of those deals where, um, the other person lost control and uh, was driving too fast for conditions. So when you're having that big snow come in, uh, the snowstorm and the roads get that, just they kind of get slippery and I call it greasy, but icy. Um, you really do need to slow down. And it just, it drives home again. Something I've talked about in other podcasts is that life comes at us really fast and we just can't foresee these kind of problems and incidents. So we really have to slow down. We have to hunker down when, when conditions aren't optimal or when things are going on. And, uh, fortunately, uh, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, you know, they were just, they, they got unlucky, but, uh, unlucky in the fact that they got in the accident, but they did have some luck or an angel or good reflexes or something, all a combination of all those and a good vehicle. Uh, but they, they were able to walk away and I'm really, I'm really happy that Dave and Jen are okay. You know, if anybody in the twin cities had somebody that was involved in an accident and they, uh, somehow ran away from it, we would love to hear from you. Um, it's really, really poor that somebody does that and doesn't check and see if anybody's okay or what happened and they just disappear from the site. That's just really low class. Um, but uh, we're glad that Dave and Jen are okay. But, uh, you know, when it snows or you have bad weather, you just really need to 
to uh, to watch it. So, you know, part of, um, I'll talk about this in a couple minutes, but we did get six inches of snow. Uh, <laughs> I got a good workout on Sunday. I think it took me about two hours. Usually it's an hour job just to shovel our driveway and walks and everything. But it took me two hours just with that amount of snow and, and, and shoveling off uh, all that surface area and then getting the cars cleaned up and everything and moved around. It was it was really kind of messy. So, um Hey, there's one one silver lining with the snow. I do get a good workout. Uh, and I'll talk about uh, some people have mechanical devices like snowblowers and plows to clear out their, uh, their driveways. Well, that didn't quite work for me, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, with winter hitting this week, the, the cold has come in too. We are getting some serious colds, uh, almost like a, a January cold has hit. Um, I don't know if it's a polar vortex. We had that a couple of years ago where it was just brutal. But uh, the cold has moved in, and I have to work outside this week uh, with some folks. So we are, we are experiencing single-digit temps, I think, right now. Um, it feels like minus 15 outside. It's like one degree, uh, and it's going to get down to minus 20 over the weekend. It's kind of funny. It's all perspective. Of course, uh, my son just came home from a friend's house and they were in the hot tub and they were hanging out there and having a good time. And one of the guys just jumped in about eight inches of snow. So go figure it's all perspective here in Minnesota. Right. But, uh, we are getting some serious cold, um, you know, and, and if you haven't experienced that kind of cold before and haven't had to work outside or, or haven't had the experience of going to deer camp and deer hunting in that kind of temperatures, um, this is a little tip for you. Uh, with that kind of cold, you do need to dress for it. You need to prepare yourself. So the best thing you can do is wear layers, multiple layers. And that means like thermal underwear, right? Undergarments, thermal underwear, um, polypropylene, um, you know, something underneath that's going to keep that heat in, uh, something that wicks the water, you know, if you sweat and gets that, uh, if you're moving around, uh, that would be good too. But the thermal underwear is the old standby. Uh, I have some of that. I'll be wearing that tomorrow when I'm out in the field. Uh, good socks are a must, you know, have some good wool socks, especially if you're wearing work boots, because you need to keep your feet warm. If your feet are cold, then you are cold. So make sure you have good socks, maybe a, a, a thin wicking pair underneath, and then the wool socks. Wool, good gloves are a must. Cold fingers equals your cold as well. So good gloves, good boots, uh, a jacket, and definitely a hat. I'm going to have to have a hard hat on, so I'll have a hat underneath that. Um, sometimes you can get away with, in your gloves, have some hand warmers. Um, but really, uh, it is all about layers. And having lots of layers is the way you get through it. And for years, we didn't have the right gear. And I still think we can get some better gear here. Um, and we just we didn't take advantage of winter as much as we should have here living in Minnesota because we didn't have quite the right gear. But if you have the right gear, wear, and la wear layers you'll be all right. Um, with this kind of cold, minus 20 degrees, minus 30 degrees, you know, you can get frostbite. Things can freeze. Uh, skin can freeze. So you really want to cover up. You really want to um, do it right because you don't want you don't want to get frostbite. You don't want to lose part of your ear or your nose or your fingers. And it happens. So um, you got to dress for it.
I always say there's, there's in the summer, there's only so much you can take off, but in the winter you have to dress really for it, for that temperature, for that cold. So put on the layers, you know, cold and, uh, cold like this can really, uh, strain your budget. And what I mean by that is you're running your heater, you know, with winter coming and all this cold, you really have to, like yourself, you have to uh, prepare yourself by wearing layers. You can also prepare your house. And what I mean by that is um, put extra layers on your house. How do you do that? Well, you need to, one, uh, find those areas where you have your biggest drafts. And that's around windows and that's around your doors, your exterior doors. So what you can do is you can add plastic plastic coverings to the windows in your house and even even doors that are not used very much like uh, we have a door in our rental house that should go to a deck but there's no deck there in this rental house so um, I put some plastic on it to stop the draft really what you're trying to do is stop that draft stop the heat loss so what uh, they sell kits at the big box stores and you can buy these kits with um, double-sided tape and plastic sheeting. And uh, you use that double-sided tape on the edges of the window and measure the plastic to, to fit and then put it over the window. And that will stop those drafts around the edges of the window. We have old windows in this house and we were losing a ton of heat, uh, especially in our dining room, in our downstairs, um, and a couple of these dormer windows in our upstairs. We were losing a lot of heat there. By putting that plastic up, it provides another barrier. And so that your heat isn't escaping and uh, you can stay a little warmer and save some money. Your furnace isn't going to work as hard. Another thing you do is close the flue on your chimney. You have an open flue on your chimney uh, when you don't have a fire. That's just heat is going to escape just like the smoke. So you're, you're going to want to close that um, when you're not having a fire. And then the third thing, doors. That is an area where you have, you can experience a lot of leakage leakage especially along the threshold so um you know a real low cost way to stop those drafts is to use towels use those along the threshold or uh, we've picked up um i don't even know what they're called but uh they're almost like a a bean bag uh long bean bag that's as long as a threshold and you can it looks nice and it's decorative you put it right right at the threshold and that'll stop that uh, that stopped that draft. So with temperatures approaching minus 20 this weekend, uh, I would suggest if you haven't done that, you should. <laughs> it just helps and it saves on your it saves your saves on your heating bill, keeps you warmer and uh, you know just better from a frugal frugal living perspective. There you go, frugal living. Woo. Um, one other thing to note, you know, with with winter coming, as they say in Game of Thrones, uh, well, actually winter's here. Uh, winter is really hard on equipment and things. And um, I had some experience with this this weekend. Um, with your vehicles, make sure you warm them up before you just jump in and drive. Um, when I was younger, you'd jump in a vehicle. Oh, I'm running late and I just got to go. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, the oil uh, lubricates, lubricates things inside your engine. And when you have it cold, your vehicle's totally cold. That, that oil 
uh, and it's really cold outside, that oil does not flow. The oil needs to warm up and become more, become more fluid to coat the metal pieces and, and to make sure it's lubricating properly. So, um, you know, you should really warm up your vehicle, you know, for a minute, maybe a couple minutes, um, you know, scrape your windows, you know, get the car warmed up a little bit before you just jump in and go. That way, uh, things are working properly and not totally uh, a big chunk of ice. Uh, with big snow coming in, you know, you'll you'll definitely want to check your snowblower, check the maintenance on that. Of course, snowmobiles if you're uh, if you have those and go on the uh, go on the trails and everything. With uh, like I said before, I was going to get around to this. I do have an older snowmobile that we got secondhand, maybe third hand. Uh, it was a, it's a pretty old snow uh, snowblower, and um, you know, with the six inch snow, it was pretty powdery. I thought, eh, let's try the snowblower. It's been a while since I've tried it, so I pulled it out and I was trying to start it, and uh, um, obviously it needs a little maintenance because uh, as I was trying to pull start it. Um, I broke the recoil right off the thing. So there would be no snowblower for the six inch snow, no snowblower. I had to do it all by hand. <laughs> like I said, it was a good workout, but it would have been kind of nice and quicker to get uh, the snowblower out and just blow everything clean. But uh, that's life. You know, take your equipment in, get it maintenance um, at the end of the season, get it drained and uh, just take care of equipment, get the oil changed and all that good stuff. So there was no snowblower. We'll have to uh, you know, figure out what to do with it. I think uh, just with where we're going and our general plan, uh, it might be time to get rid of a snowblower. So if you want an old snowblower, let me know, reach out to me and uh, we'll make a deal. We'll make a huge deal. So, yeah, that was the fun with the snowblower. But, uh, you know, winter and the cold is really hard on equipment. And winter and, and the snow can be hard on your house uh, in other ways than just uh, losing heat around your windows and doors. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but there's uh, these things called ice dams. And um, those will form on your roof. And uh, Minnesota roof, right? Roof. We say roof weird, but um, in Minnesota, we, we can get ice dams. And in Illinois and in Wisconsin, up here where it's, we get snow, we get ice dams. And that really, um, houses with gutters can really get those pretty bad. Um, I think back to the houses I've owned in, in, in the eastern part of the Twin Cities and then in Illinois, uh, I did get ice dams in both of those houses. And it's and what an ice dam is, is you get a snowfall like we had here, six-inch snowfall. And what happens with your attic is the heat starts to leak out into your attic and it melts the snow on your roof. And as that, as that uh, snow melts, the water runs downhill, down, comes down the roof line, and um, it'll start to bunch up towards the edge of the roof and it'll refreeze there, especially if you have gutters and you have gutters with a bunch of junk in it, like leaves, and you haven't cleaned your gutters like they didn't do here um, <clears throat> before the first snow, you will get, uh, you'll get water build up there. And uh, if you look at your house, you have that a foot to two feet um, where your soffit is, where your roof line is that's 
out over in space, and that gets colder. There's a differential there. There's uh, that isn't as warm as towards the peak of your house. So the roof gets colder there, and that water starts to melt to freeze again. And over time, that'll become a thick layer of ice. And especially if you get those days um, where the sun is out, and you have that southern exposure. Uh, that that sun will really melt um, melt the snow on your roof and create a bigger ice dam. And you'll see the big icicles hanging down from the uh, from your roof line or from your gutters, and you'll think, "Oh, that's pretty," but there's really a bigger problem going on there. That is an ice dam. So um, you know it can really kick into high gear with more snow. After all, snow is a great insulator, and so the, the ice dam can gum, become a bigger problem. So why, you know, what's the big deal, you might be asking? I mean, it's got icicles. It's pretty, right? Um, well, it is kind of a big deal because if you leave it unchecked, uh, the ice will work up and, and build up, and eventually the ice will and the water will go underneath your shingles, and as the attic heats up, that ice and melts it again the water will come into your wall it'll come into your attic it'll come into your exterior wall and it'll it'll start to come it'll melt and, and go downhill come down into your basement come down into the room below and uh it'll, it can cause a lot of damage and and eventually uh, it'll get that insulation in your attic and your insulation in your wall wet. And in under right co conditions with humidity and the warmth, guess what comes next? Mold. So you really don't want to have that water damage. You really don't want that mold in your house because that's just going to, that's going to be a disaster. Now we've had some friends and family who have had that happen and it's a major job to get it removed and fixed. So you really don't want that to happen. So what do you do? Really, uh, you need to uh, you need to be more proactive. Um, there's a couple sites out there, uh, like the extension at the U University of Minnesota. They have a, a nice little article about ice dams and and what to do. And of course, it's very technical. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's another there's another site here, Home Repair dot about dot com they've got a nice little article. So I'm going to stick with that because they have, you know, it's not quite as technical and won't sound as good, frankly, as uh, as the U of M one. So we'll just talk about the home repair .com. So really, um, really to be uh, to fight ice dams, you really need to be proactive. So clean your gutters and make sure the downspouts are working. That allow the uh, to the water to drain properly. Um, and it'll get the uh, you know it'll get the melted water out of there. Now, unfortunately, uh, the, the management company and the handyman did not get out here and clean my gutters, So I'm going to have to fight with that all season here. Um, another thing you can do is, um, is, uh, eliminating, eliminating or reducing direct sources of heat in the attic. So, um, a good, a good source for heat is uninsulated recessed lights those can lights that everybody likes. So that will add extra heat to the attic. Um, <clears throat> so really you'll need to add some supplemental or powered ventilation to properly ventilate the attic. And so that's a, that's kind of a big job, but uh, that extra heat will cause uh, snow to melt in your roof. 
Another thing you can do is increase your attic floor insulation. So that way you're keeping, um, keeping that heated air in your living space rather than have it uh, seek up, uh, seep up into the attic. But uh, older homes like this one, um, it's tough because we, I'm recording this from the upstairs in a one and a half story here. So there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of space for insulation between this room and the top of the roof for the shingles. So um, these older houses, it's tougher to get that insulation in. Another way is to properly ventilate roof, attic, and eaves. So um, there's a whole process for determining ventilation, and that's probably more than we want to get into here. But, uh, you know, having good ventilation in your roof, attic, and eaves is a good way to go. Might have to bring in someone for that, um, you know, to determine what the proper ventilation is. So... Uh, another way is installing heat tape, and I've seen this, uh, our neighbors right next door, they have this, actually both neighbors have this, um, but it's a, uh, it's a heat, it's almost like an extension cord that they, they weave on the, um, on the eaves of the house, and, um, and that, uh, that extension cord essentially gets, gets hot, and will mate, uh, will melt the, um, that, that ice buildup. So, uh, you know, this article says it's not a great way to, to, to do it, but I've seen it work, um, on both the neighbor's place and then a place in, in, uh, in the east side of the twin cities as well. When our neighbors across the street had that. So I've seen it work. Um, I guess, uh, it's a little more costly, um, than uh, removing the snow yourself, but uh, maybe not as costly as putting in a whole new mechanical system to ventilate the roof and eaves and all that. So, you know, you got to weigh your costs and, and what you want to, how you want to attack it. Um, <clears throat> the way, the method that I use to battle ice dams on all the houses that I've owned is I've used a roof rake. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, especially you know, if you're not living up in the north, but a roof rake essentially is, um, is a long pole, probably about 20, 10 to 20 feet long. It's got, uh, uh, pipes that can snap into it to make it longer. And then it's got almost like a shovel, um, a rectangular shovel that's turned on its side. So I stand on the ground and I will put that shovel up on the eaves and I will pull the snow down and off and off the roof. And it really works like a charm. Um, you know, there's no ladders involved. Um, you just pull the snow down. Uh, the biggest concern, and it's a huge concern, is power lines. You really need to stay away from power lines. I don't even get near them. I leave that area. It's right above the kitchen. I just let it be. Um, I don't own the house, <laughs> but I'm not going up there, and I'm not using a roof rake near a power line. I will never do that. But uh, but I'm able to take care of most of the ice dam problem in this house using a roof rake and uh, you can get them at a big box store. They work great. Another thing that people have done, um, they've used, uh, an ice melt product, uh, like calcium chloride. And they've, uh, you know, one of the guys that I used to work with, he said, yeah, put some in a pantyhose and throw them in your gutter. And, um, I've never tried that. I've always used the roof rake, but, um, I suppose it works. Uh, you're just going to be melting that and it'll have to, uh, um, 
it'll have to drain off somehow and and uh, you're still going to have to deal with that i imagine you have to remove the snow and then you can get at the ice underneath before you use that so i've never used that but um, it is a method um, do not go up there. I, I really wouldn't go up there with a ladder and use like a propane torch or a hammer or an axe or anything like that. You're going to damage your roof and you'll cause a lot more problems. Um, I'd say the last way to really get at this, the ice dam removal, and if it's really bad, you might have to do this anyway, is to hire a professional. And uh, they have uh, pressurized steam, uh, a pressure pressure removal system. They use steam and they'll They'll actually melt off the ice. And in extreme cases where they've had some really bad ice dams, I know some people that have used that. Um, and it's done a really good job. So so it's probably more than you ever wanted to know about ice dams. <laughs> more than you want to know about winter. And this is just December, right? But uh, winter... Winter is coming, like they say in Game of Thrones. No, winter is here. And these are things that uh, folks up here in the north need to think about. This really is kind of the winter is coming podcast or the winter is here podcast. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just things you can do to take care of these problems before uh, they cause bigger problems and more expense to you. You know, um, slow down when you're in the snowy weather. You know, um, if you don't have to go, don't, um, have good tires on your car, you know, wear layers, um, winterize your house, you know, putting that plastic sheeting over the windows and, and securing the thresholds with, uh, you know, blocking the drafts around the thresholds. Um, you can also get these foam insulators to put on outside outlets because that there's not much uh, insulation, if any, between the in, the outlet and the outside, so the drafts come right through those. Um, check your equipment, check your snowblowers, check your snowmobiles, um, make sure they're in good working order, and then take care of the ice dams. I mean, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of stuff, but it will really make an impact on your bottom line. Uh, be careful at all times, please. Um, you know. Doing maintenance on snowmobiles in a heated garage can cause fires. I know uh, happened to my brother, and they almost burned his house down. Um, do not use the ice rake or ladders near your your power lines. If you have an, a power line that comes from a pole and comes into your house, be very careful around that. Uh, be careful driving. Be careful with ice. Um, just all those things, because I want you guys to be here. You know. We want you guys to be here and, uh, there's going to be a lot more podcasts, a lot more fun, but, uh, but I need you guys here. So we want you to stay safe and stay, stay in good, good health here during the, um, during, during the, uh, the holiday season, during the winter season. So that's really all I had for you today. Um, you know, I'm really glad you guys, uh, are listening. Thank you for for all of the new folks coming in from Stitcher, uh, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Um, please uh, check out the blog, Small Scale Life. We're going to be doing some changes here in the blog and uh, doing some reorganization and getting ready for the next phase for the year two of the blog. So um, some things are going to be adjusted and, and uh, get more organized instead of such an organic uh, development. Oh, I did get the, uh, the first recipe on Small Scale Life is Up, the cranberry jalapeno jelly. 
and my friend Jay, he made, um, he made a batch and he actually sold, sold two of his eight ounce jars for like five bucks a piece. So, Hey, it was good enough to make a little money on. Right. Um, but it makes great gifts as well. And I know you guys probably have some cranberries after Thanksgiving, so use them up. It, it really is good. Um, but we're going to try to get some more recipes on uh, small scale life. Um, really again, it's a wellness. It's all about wellness and, um, trying to have a well-rounded sustainable life and uh, um, small scale life. And uh, we're going to do some reorganizing, get some things really going here in 2017. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, we'll do more podcasts. Again, this is going to be a weekly thing and uh, I've got some ideas. We're going to get some more guests that I talked about in the last podcast. So um, things are going well. Uh, we're going to get some stuff up on YouTube. That's been kind of uh, slow over there. I haven't had much uh, content to put up, but uh, I've got some videos. I've just been holding them. I just got to finish them up, edit them up and put them up. And uh, again, we're on um, Twitter. We're on Pinterest. We're on Facebook. We have the small scale gardening group on, on Facebook. We also have the Minnesota, Wisconsin regenerative, regenerative agriculture Facebook group site as well. Um, we'll probably be kicking off a fitness challenge, uh, after the first of the year. So if you want to focus on yourself and, and get some fitness done for a free challenge with uh, lots of good people, stay tuned. Um, got a lot of good stuff coming. So thank you for tuning in as always, uh, continue to learn, do and grow. And we'll check, we'll check you out next week. We're, we're getting closer to Christmas so we'll have to do some Christmas stuff. Um, but thank you again for listening and we'll see you soon. Again, this is Tom from the small scale life podcast. Take care, everybody.